Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. Good morning and you're on Dirt Radio with Sam and Jack. I want to start the show by acknowledging that we are broadcasting to you live at 3CR on stolen Wurundjeri land and pay our respects to Elders past and present. Good morning, Jack. How are you doing? I'm not doing bad, Sam. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing okay. Uh, Today we're going to be talking forests and the most recently passed disgraceful anti-protest laws that have gone through the state parliament. Uh, We will have Tuffy from Gecko on the line and Alana, who is the Forest Collective Coordinator at Friends of the Earth. Cool. Let's try and patch them in. We'll give it a go. A new studio today. Yeah, we're in another studio, so we shall see, and hopefully it will work and we will get both of them on the line. Uh, Tuffy and Alana, can you hear us? Yep, I can hear Hello? (laughs) Hello. Alana, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Alana, we're just going to put you on hold and go to a, a quick break while we sort out the technology here live on Community Radio. We'll be back shortly. And we are back and hopefully we have sorted out our tech issues here live in Community Radio. Alana and Tuffy, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh my God, we can hear both of you. This is amazing. Thank you, 3CR Wonder People, for fixing our tech issue this morning. I'm so sorry about that. Welcome, Tuffy and Alana. Uh, Alana, I was just asking you if you can maybe introduce yourself, uh, and then we'll open up for discussion uh, for Tuffy to introduce themselves. So go ahead, Alana. Sure. So my name's Alana, obviously, and I work at Friends of the Earth as the Forest Collective Coordinator. So that involves working with a diversity of people who come through Friends of the Earth who are super interested in forest protection and... Yeah, mobilising the volunteers to take action and find them their little pockets within the forest world where they can help out and they feel empowered. Hello. Thank you very much, Alana, for introducing yourself. And Tuffy, do you want to give a a quick introduction to our listeners before we get into the interview? Yeah, sure. So Gecko stands for the Ginga Environment Centre, and um, yeah, I started working for them at the at the start of the year. So Gecko Gecko does like a range of um, we've got like a range of tools that we uh, we use to end native forest logging immediately. Um, that includes citizen science, direct action, lobbying decision makers, um, and you know supporting other groups in their legal cases as well. So that's a pretty broad brush. Thanks, 
Tuffy for explaining your role at Gecko, a wonderful organisation that is also a member group of Friends of the Earth Australia. Uh, Alana, last week there, uh, late last week, there was disgraceful laws that passed through the upper house uh, deliberately targeting forest protesters. I want to open up the conversation for you to talk directly to Tuffy and uh, let's find out what's been going on. Yeah, sure. Hey, Tuffy. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Thanks for coming on today with me. It's exciting. So yeah, how are you how are you feeling about it all as a you know long term campaigner and forest activist? <clears throat> um, I I actually think that the Dan Andrews government has given us a gift. To be honest, um, I think that it was like really clear last week how shallow the basis was for them pushing through these laws. Um, you know, the unions exposed that. You know, the the whole range of civil society and legal groups that signed onto that letter, there were 67 organisations. So I think, you know, given that they they weren't able to prosecute the the basis for for passing these laws, I actually think they did themselves... um, They kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit. And, um, And not only that, but they've given us a platform to talk about how important it is to end native forest logging immediately, not by 2030. So, you know, and and they've given us an opportunity to build all of this solidarity around this because, you know, Victoria is not isolated in these laws. These laws are a national trend. They've come through, you know, very similar ones in, um, in Tassie that are proposed in their parliament there that came through in Queensland and, and, and anti-protest laws in New South Wales. So, you know, they've given us a, a an enemy to unite around. And for that, I am grateful. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I really feel into that. I guess there was a lot of anger and, you know, disappointment and fear as an immediate reaction from, you know, our community. But I feel that through all this, solidarity that was seen, um, people are feeling mobilised and, yeah, I I feel that I can see that platform that you're talking about. It has been created and, yeah, I guess they've got another thing coming, don't they, if they think this is going to silence the people who want to protect forests immediately. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, you know, good to put it in context that, you know, the further criminalisation of the environment movement, um, we're not, like, the first ones to come through this process. First Nations people have been utterly, like, criminalised for defending their country, um, you know, since, since um, you know, first colonisation here. So, um, yeah, they're, you know, when they want to eliminate... Um, eliminate the opposition, you know, this is one of the things that they do. And so, you know, our, like, our struggle to um, defend, you know, these places, not just, you know, for their sake to exist for their own right, but because we depend on them, um, is inherently tied up with, um, you know, Aboriginal sovereignty and First Nations justice as well. So... I also wanted to uh, just remind people listening of how Dan Andrews came to power and some of you may remember there was this guy called Bailu that was in power before Dan Andrews 
who was totally anti-renewable energy and all sorts of bad things and, yeah, was basically uh, not a very nice person in a lot of ways. Uh, and in the build-up to the state election that elected Dan Andrews, uh, Ted Bellew attempted to pass any protest laws in the state parliament. Uh, myself and other members of uh, the broad social justice movement and environment movement attended that sitting and, uh, I mean, I walked away from that evening with uh, two dislocated ribs and all sorts of things from the riot police they brought into the gallery to clear the gallery because we applauded a speech by a Labor um, MP who was defending the right to attend and to listen to uh, what was going on. Uh, the next morning, Dan Andrews came out and said uh, that the anti-protest laws were abhorrent and if he was elected, uh, that he would repeal those laws. And to be fair, he did repeal those laws because he was under tremendous community pressure to do yeah. so. Uh and then Dan uh, sold himself and his government as this really mm. progressive uh, climate change acting uh, government, which, again, uh, a lot of that work came from the movement uh, and grassroots organisations like Friends of the Earth and uh, Gecko pushing for a, a climate agenda into the, the state politics and state parliament. Uh, and, and Dan has won uh, a lot of kudos for acting on... Uh, you know, renewable energy while at the same time approving gas projects and also continuing to log our forests. And now we see the true face, which I believe, you know, has consistently been shown throughout the, uh, the, the Labor government of this law and order and policing response uh, to yeah. everything from COVID yeah. uh, to protesters at IMARC. I think that was a real turning point where mm -hmm. Dan Andrews came out and said he was very proud of how the police had beaten mm -hmm. people with batons and horses and pepper spray mm -hmm. uh, for protesting uh, the fossil fuel industry gathering in Melbourne. Uh, so this is, you know, for the most progressive state in Australia, this is an extraordinary turn of events for me for this to be coming from Dan Andrews. And I just want to also... Note that there has been a split within the union movement. And Tuffy, you noted that there are some amazing unions uh, that are totally in support of environmental defenders and protesters. But the CFMEU came out online on Twitter uh, the day that those uh, that that debate was happening to pass the bill in the upper house, and said that they couldn't wait for the bill to be passed 100% uh, to protect their workplaces. Uh, mm. Now, I caught a little bit of an interview that you did, Tuffy, on uh, some other platform that I, I won't mention here on community radio. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you made, you made some really good points in that uh, interview around the fact there is absolutely no evidence that environmental protesters have ever endangered workers. And I just wondered if you could talk into that a little bit. And the same for you, Alana. You've been in the forest movement for a long time and there is this mythology uh, that equates the left to the right uh, and somehow that we are we are dangerous as protectors and defenders of biodiversity and nature. Um, and meanwhile, we know where the real threats lay. So uh, maybe I'll open to you, Tuffy, first, and then Alana, please jump in at any point. Yeah, well, I mean... As unionists, um, we know that 
um, the proper procedures for for um, notifying around um, you know uh, breaches to OHS um, like policy and procedure practice from that act in the workplace. Um, you know that there are particular channels that go through WorkSafe for people to report um, risk or injury. Um, as far as we know, and we have asked um, the Minister for Agriculture's office for data about that, they've been unable to provide any aside from anecdotal evidence. And if we're relying on anecdotal evidence, well, you know, we'll have to bring out the huge bloody encyclopedia then from the environment movement about that. So, you know, like. Yeah, I just that's not a as a, as legal um, as those legal organisations and unions have have made really clear, um, you know, there has to be kind of like a re- a reasonable application um, with with oversight to these laws and and the basis that they're being pushed um, pushed upon the movement is completely as unsubstantiated. So um, yeah, I think in that in that way when you look at it like that where they locate workplace risk, where they wrongly kind of locate workplace risk within the democratic right to protest, they are doing an injury to the union movement by doing that. Um, and, And I think that really can, you know, limit that ability to have that solidarity um you know, within the workplace. And and in some ways it means they're siding with the employer, which is, you know, a bit worrying. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, the unions are right in, in articulating those points and, and, um, and yeah, absolutely agree with them as a unionist as well. So, mm. Can you yeah. hear Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. I'm just... Yeah. Uh, letting that sink in. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting, you know, the unsubstantiated, uh, you know, evidence. They haven't been able to provide a single shred of, you know, actual injury within Victoria or some kind of dangerous event. I think the only example they provided was from New South Wales, which was really, you know, silly and... It's as if they think, and you know, coming from someone who has been blockading for a very long time, and yeah, I've been I've been doing this for over ten years now, um, fighting for the forest, and you know, the the far right or people who are trying to shut down protesting, they seem to think that activists are super ad hoc and you know, unskilled and unsafe when really we're really quite organised and we have spaces to develop these skills that we refine over many years to make sure that we are safe. And it's quite the operation doing what we do out there and we have so many different safety measures in place. It's actually quite impressive the lengths that we go to to make sure that we have successful blockades and we have community support and we have, you know, First Nations um, people on board. And, yeah, the way that it's been represented is just so far from the truth. There's such a rich, you know, history of blockading across the whole of Australia, but, you know, especially in Victoria's forest. And you could probably speak more to it, Tuffy, you know, with Goongara and and Gook and all those amazing blockades that happen out there, like the one that was sustained for, was it three months in Erinundra Plateau? Five months, and, yeah. 
yeah, it's just so important for those kinds of things to exist when we're obviously within a climate crisis and we're facing, you know, the extinction of the greater glider, which was just uplifted to endangered this year. And still, the forests are destroying greater glider habitat. There's been no proper recovery plan. And that's where direct action comes in, where citizen science comes in. And also as a, you know, a volunteer of WATCH, uh, Wildlife of Central Highlands, you know, we've found animals in active coops mm-hmm. and we've kicked the machines out. And that's been our last resort to save the forest. And now, you know, we're facing $21,000 fines for going in and finding these threatened species or potentially 12 months in jail. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's quite an extraordinary shift by the Labor government. And, you know, the, let's remember that the, the Labor movement in general uh, wants to take a lot of credit for uh, social movement victories, uh, you know, the Franklin Dam, um, mm. Kakadu, uh, stopping whaling, uh, the protection of the Daintree. Uh, we could go on and on, and we all know that it's been First Nations and traditional owners with allies and accomplices that have created the conditions to force governments into protecting what are now seen as these extraordinary iconic Australian sp- spaces such as the Kimberley or, you know, parts of Tasmania Forest, etc. Uh, so it's quite extraordinary that on the one hand, um, the, the ALP seems to uh, want to have this legacy of social justice worrying and, and environmental uh, action. Uh, and the reality is in Victoria, we are facing very big battles both in the forest uh, space and also in stopping fossil fuels such as gas uh, happening, and we've talked about that a lot on Dirt Radio. So I guess my question to both of you is, what happens next? Because I can't imagine that anyone that loves and wants to protect the forest is going to be deterred by these laws. And how can the general community and our listeners uh, people that are probably in the movement. We are talking to our base here on the awesome community 3CR. Uh, what what can we do and what can we expect? What, and what can Dan Andrews expect? Because uh, I, I know personally uh, it's made me even more determined to support forest protectors and defenders. Mm. Alana? That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Mm. Yeah. And that's my feeling too. Um <clears throat> They, they've kind of picked the fight and, um, you know, and it's allowed people to gather around around this issue and it's so urgent because when that date was set to end native forest logging by 2030 <clears throat> in 2019, that was before, like, the most devastating, yes. decimating fires of living memory for the environment and for us, but particularly for the environment in Victoria and and southern New South Wales. Mm. So, you know, given that, like Alana said, there's been no recovery plan set in place. They've put in these interim protections for species, but they're even logging in those areas, you know. So, um, you know, we really, like, we, even before the fires, that date was, was too 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 far away because we knew mm-hmm. that scientists were telling us that these eco- ecosystems, the Alpine ash ecosystem, was already in a state of collapse. Then they experienced the fires. Literally, the government's done nothing but continue to log log all this, you know, refuge habitat. So 
we need we need to raise the issue and get them to end native forest logging now. And that's not just like we can do that for not just for the environment and and for our you know how we depend on it, but actually like mm. regional communities need real jobs mm. and they don't exist in this sector. And if we look into land management. Um, and we look at, you know, all the green jobs that could exist for rehabilitating the environment, allowing these ecosystems to recover, investing in these spaces that also has flow-on effects in terms of the tourism industry, which is by far a bigger industry for regional communities. So it has all these flow-on effects as well. And it's good, you know, entry-level up to project management work. So, you know, we're saying like, end native forest logging now, we have to not just like for these species that are dying, but we depend on these areas. And not only that, we need to because these jobs don't exist, real jobs for regional communities don't exist in these places. They exist, you know, in in the recovery of these places. So, you know, in terms of like what's going to happen now, um, you know, we're building on the momentum that these the introduction of these protest laws have given us. We'll be looking at, you know, um, uniting that across the state and mobilising that and targeting that um, and, you know, and, and really making sure that that issue to end native forest logging now is made very clear within the election space. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really echo what Tuffy said. And, yeah, you know, we've just seen the creation as well of the Victorian Forest Alliance, which has over 30 member groups. And in the short 10 months that that's existed, there's been so much mobilisation and communication and networking occurring across, you know, a diversity of grassroots forest groups as well as, you know, environmental justice organisations and now we've got unions supporting and it just seems to keep growing and mm. they keep trying to shut down the hard work of community groups. You know, this, these, these laws coming in, they're in retaliation to the efforts and the impact that communities are so clearly having upon the fragility of the logging industry. Mm. And if they think that this is going to silence people or you know, put them in a box and make them afraid because of these excessive consequences that they face for standing up for forest protection, well, they're absolutely wrong because history has shown that people stand for their truth and they stand in their power and they're not afraid of draconian laws like this. And I guess, you know, my what I want to see is people stand together mm-hmm. and continue to keep going out to the forest and surveying and continue to keep raising the alarm. And we need to test these laws. We need to get out there still and do what we know how to do because, like Tuffy said, we need to see an immediate end to native forest logging, not just for the environment, but for these regional communities that are being left behind and who deserve better. And we can have a far better, you know, future for the critters that dwell within these forests, as well as, you know, our society as a whole. Alana and Tuffy, we are nearly out of time. It's been such a pleasure to have you both on the show. Big fan of both your work. Uh, Please uh, do let uh, our listeners know uh, down the track via your various groups how they can get involved. I look forward to walking onto a forest area with all of you in the very near future. Uh, it's such important work and 
uh, we really do need to protect what is left. So thank you for joining us on Dirt Radio. And Thanks we'll... so much. And Thanks so one much, just, One tiny plug, um, if you can put in, there's a petition going to Lily at the moment around protecting all remaining greater glider habitat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we've written to her and given her suggestions on how she can do that. Um, but, yeah, it would be great if listeners wanted to, you know, come on to um, the program website and have a look at that. Um, awesome. At we that will... And, Yeah, send us the link, Tuffy, and we'll drop it in the podcast notes. Great. Uh, Look forward to seeing you both soon, and thank you for being on Dirt Radio. Bye. Thanks, Thanks. You're on Dirt Radio. We are coming very quickly to the end, Jack. Yes, it's getting up quick and fast. Great conversation. I know. It could go for another half an hour, Literally. And, I mean, there's, I don't know, just my two cents on it is where does this start and end you know mm. you put it with forestry recently in britain they had it where the labor transport minister stood on a picket line who's a shadow government official for railway strikers and the leader of the labor party sacked him so that is you know <laughs> you know it's just one of these are we moving towards more plutocracy and um yes. you know despotism authoritarianism knows? absolutely police mm. response to a climate crisis yeah yeah Go Shut up, you. Don't say anything yeah, against shush, it. Everyone be quiet. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, so, yeah, up next is Billabong Beats. Uh, we've been Dirt Radio. Thanks for sitting with us on a Tuesday once again. Yeah, ciao. See you next week. See you next week.